You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. Where you'll get proven strategies to start and grow your online business from in the trenches digital entrepreneurs. EntrepreneurIgnited.com. Launch your online business. Live your dreams. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, a podcast designed to skip the hype, skip the BS, and just bring you real actionable tips and strategies to help you grow your business and income on the internet. This is your host, Derek Gale, and uh, if I had to summarize today's topic, I'd say that we're going to be diving deep into you know, what it takes to become a successful digital lifestyle entrepreneur, and we're going to be hearing from an amazing digital entrepreneur who's in really overcome some incredible adversity, including spending 10 years in prison to create an amazing lifestyle business. And in over the six years since his release from prison, he's overcome some social stigmas, challenges, and some failures along the way to uh, build some very profitable and successful businesses alongside his partner and wife, Robin, and is now uh, known as an online marketing strategist. He's a funnel fanatic, a business coach who's... uh, as he put it, no-nonsense, results-driven approach has helped thousands of entrepreneurs now grow their business. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mike Piscata to the show. Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Derek. Man, I'm, I'm excited, man. Let's do this. Yeah. Now, before we, before we get started, you got to expand on my introduction and, and share your journey because, you know, I know people are intrigued because you've overcome some incredible adversity and... Uh, Tell us about that. Awesome, man. So, um, you know, the story, there's so much to the story. I'll, I'll keep it kind of bite-sized and really give folks sure. really where I came from and, and you know, kind of how, you know, I wound <laughs> up. You said 10 years in prison. You know, folks were like, wow, how did that happen? So, you know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home and environment and, you know, a lot of drugs, you know, gang involvement, these kind of things. That's all I was exposed to. And it wound up at the age of 18, I woke up in a jail cell with no recollection of why I was there or what had happened. And I had blacked out from taking a multitude of Xanaxes the night before and woke up in this jail cell. And it, it really turned, as I look back at the experience um, of waking up in the jail cell and then ultimately spending the next 10 years from the age of 18 to the age of 28 in a Florida prison, it completely it was probably one of the best things that have ever happened to me because without that experience i never would have been able to been to be exposed to things outside of the very small drug infested criminal world that i knew that was all that i had saw i never would have been able to be exposed to anything man and so i find myself in this cell and i think one of the big breakthroughs came as i kind of began to realize where I was in life. I began to just look at this selfish, drug-addicted hoodlum that I'd become, and it just really disgusted me, man. I really looked and said, wow, this, is, this isn't what I want for life, man. This is not what I want to be doing, and it broke me, and it caused me to take a lot of internal introspection. And throughout the process of the sentencing process and, you know, where they said, you know, 10 years is the best that we're going to give you, but you better, you better take it and run. You better be happy with it. Um, and be at 18 and being, you know, the realization that I'm going to spend the next 10 years in prison was, it's kind of like being handed a boulder and asked to walk up Mount Everest with it. Right. Yeah. So it was really like extremely overwhelming because, 
it was more than half of my life up to that time. And internally, I struggled a lot with the feelings of, wow, what who, what am I going to do when I come out? I'm going to be 28. Everybody my age is going to be far ahead of me. The world will have passed me by. What am I going to do? And the most impactful turning point came. I found myself in a cell and I was working out. I was having this kind of internal communication with myself, with God, reflecting on the the what was ahead of me, you know, the uphill battle ahead of me at the time. And I kind of made this internal commitment and realization that, you know, I put myself there. The choices that I made were why I was where I was. And I realized that I gave them 10 years of my life. And I also made a determination at that point that although I'd given them 10 years of my my life, my my freedom, I mean, I wasn't going to give them 10 years of my life. And so that decision shaped how I used those 10 years of prison. While all the other guys were focused on being better criminals and gang activity and drugs, even inside of prison, I was focused on sharpening my mind for business. Spiritually, I learned how to speak five foreign languages. I just immersed myself in all things investing, real estate, marketing. And go so, ahead. Uh, I, 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 sorry, I was going to say, so how, how, <laughs> when everybody is around you is focused on being a better criminal, how did you separate yourself from that and, and, and remain focused on this other stuff? I think for me, uh, there's like two sides. You know, as, as I lived in the environment and, you know, a lot of the um, cliches and, you know, things we see in society about, you know, what prison is and stuff are mostly true. You know, for the most part, most of the guys on the inside, all they really care about, man, is being better criminals. And mm. after this kind of breaking and realization of who I was and taking the personal responsibility to change it, it also kind of created in me kind of this indignation against what I saw around me. Like, really, how can you guys continue down this path you not see where it's going why do you not want to take the time to change this man and create some success in your life no matter no matter what that looks like even if it means never just coming back to prison again and working at mcdonald's but how can you succumb to this and so the one side was this indignation and this deep commitment to never be that as well as the other side man that really drove me was i wanted to be free and i never wanted to be in that place again getting told what to do getting told what to eat when i could eat how i could eat when i could go to the bathroom all of these things and so the determination to i want to be free overwhelmed everything about me and drove me forward okay so now let's fast forward, okay? So, uh, and I can only imagine, um, you know, the day the day of your re- <laughs> release, right? Like, yeah, ten, ten years, they open the door, and there you are, starting it. Effectively, you'd be starting at ground zero. For the most part, and here's a here's a caveat to the story that I didn't really share. But my wife, Robin, who's now my wife, my business partner, the mother of my children. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her and I actually met while I was still in prison. She had a radio show mm-hmm. and it's a very, it's a very intricate part of the story, but I just want to kind of share that as it, as it plays into me being released. But we met while I was in prison and, you know, we, we stayed together and I actually left prison. Um, she was there and my parents were there as well. And so I, I did walk out to a completely 
clean slate. And to kind of put it in context, and it kind of make the folks laugh at you know, the folks listening laugh at this because I want everybody to understand the world that I emerged to, as opposed to the world that I left. The world that I left was a world where Google didn't exist, Facebook didn't exist, Twitter didn't exist, smartphones didn't exist. I'd never even seen a flat screen TV. Wow. I walked, yeah. So I walk out, and and I went. It was from 1999 to 2009. I walked out to a world in 2009, and the very first time I grabbed this cell phone, I it, it was really weird. Like I'm looking at it, I'm holding it. It's really awkward to me. And I remember being out, you know, as we got home, and I think we went to Walmart or something. And I one of the things that I noticed that kind of it almost tried to overcome me a little bit was. Every little kid that I saw was just like – they looked like a squirrel with a nut on a cell phone. They were just going crazy with it, and I had no idea how to navigate these things, and I felt (laughs) so far behind, man. I felt like, wow, how am I ever going to catch up, man? How – Am I even going to be able to compete? How am I even going to realize, you know, what's going on out here? So, yeah, so I did start a ground. So I walked out to a world. The world did not wait for me to come home. And (laughs) I I got out there. And, you know, for the folks that are listening, because, you know, we all struggle. And I want people to realize we all struggle, you know, from a mindset perspective. You know, we all struggle with, you know, failures or comparing ourselves or feeling like, you know, we're the, you know, we're not going to be able to make it or the odds are too, you know, heavily stacked against us and whatnot. And I did. I, I, I felt that a lot, man. But I drew consistently from what I shared earlier, which what drove me in prison is I wanted to be free. Mm-hmm. And so as I came home, um, you know, my wife and I, um, she had a job. She had started a business, but the economy tanked. And so she wound up having to work with one of her clients. And so I came home and I was kind of eager to, you know, get out there, get out into the job market. You know, I thought folks would, um, you know, would open their doors and hire me, you know, and then I could read, write and speak five languages. I was pretty intelligent. I'd educated myself while I was in there and nobody would hire me. Right. And... At the same time, uh, my wife, uh, who we actually have gotten married five weeks after I came home, she lost her job because of her being married to an ex-con. So here we are. We find ourselves in, you know, with bills, and neither of us have a job. We're dead broke, and we both just had this entrepreneurial spirit. And so we dug deep, and we did what we think any savvy entrepreneur in our situation would do, and we sold trash on Craigslist. We. <laughs> We and, and this is this is real bad. We literally would go out on trash night, socks on our hands. Yes, it does get a little bit cold in Florida. It doesn't snow, but it gets cold. And it was in the winter time. And we would find like printers and flat screen monitors and put them on Craigslist. And looking back at it, you know, as my wife and I have told the story, looking back at it, you know, we enjoyed it because the one thing that both her and I wanted in life was freedom. And we had it. We were writing our own script. We were making our own money. We had no bosses. Nobody could tell us what to do. And we used that to kind of fund our first business. And what was what was the first business? <laughs> so, um, so what we did is we at that time. This is like mid two thousand and nine or so, and this is right around the time when like Facebook and Twitter was starting to become really, really popular, and people were starting to get involved in it. And so, my wife and I had realized um, from her from she used to have a actual brick and mortar business here in Melbourne, Florida, which tanked with the economy. And so as we got into the new business ventures, we both realized there's no way we can ever be 
just tied to a local economy. And so we moved into an on, you know, all things online and just emerge ourselves in marketing. I went back to school, wound up getting a degree in e-commerce and online marketing, and we served clients doing all of the done for you marketing services. So we built websites, we built landing pages, we did like funnel optimizations, we ran social media campaigns. And like, I want to say about two to three years into that, um, we were doing well, multiple six figures, financially free. We had had our first son, he was probably two to three years old. And we hit a brick wall. And what happened is, is my wife's family lives in North Michigan, which is almost the same as Canada, very, very close, really, really North Michigan, super cold there. Mm-hmm. And we're up there, we're visiting for Christmas, and her dad lives on this big hill, and there was no internet there. And every day, we would have to drive the SUV with 400 pounds of sandbags in the trunk so we wouldn't crash, right? You're mm-hmm. I'm sure you can relate to this in, this, in the winter, right? So so we would have to scoot down the hill. Half the time we'd get stuck, go to her dad. Her dad has this little church, which was the only place we could use the internet, and do client work. Every day we'd have to go there to do client work, answer emails. And we realized, we're like, wow, man, all this time, what we've really created is just a job for ourselves. Like we built another prison for ourselves. And Mm – it really stuck out to us a lot because all along what we wanted was freedom and we thought the financial freedom would create the other freedom, but we didn't really think about our time and trading those hours for dollars and building this business that really owned us. And it was a real wake up call for my wife and I. And so at about like right there at the end of 2012, we'd made the very hard decision to completely shift our business model, fire all of our clients, and move into the space that we were really passionate about and a thing that we'd loved all along, and that was consulting, coaching, strategic development. Right. You know, there's there's such a valuable lesson in there, and I think that this is a mistake that so many people make when they decide, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, and I want to have that freedom. And I think there's freedom on a few different levels there. Level one is not having a boss. And yeah, there's there's free, freedom to that. But if you have to work seven days a week or six days a week, or even if you have to work five days a week and, 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 and you know 40 hours a week and your business can't run unless you're there, you've built yourself a job. Exactly, man. And, 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 you know, the interesting part is, you know, for us, you know, we're young. We didn't really know all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of get down the journey and all entrepreneurs kind of go through this, right? We go down the journey and there's just a lot of stuff we just genuinely didn't know when that experience kind of taught us. You know, we thought, hey, let's just build this business. We're having fun. You know, we're hanging out. We're making good money. And then we find ourselves in this place that we, we just weren't happy with. And I think for the listeners is, you know, and when I coach clients, one of the things we always start with is the big why. Like, what do you want your life to look like? And let's design a business and some systems that will accommodate and help you create that. Because it's, you know, it's such a bad thing to find yourself in that spot that we were and just and just be burnt out and overwhelmed and just not happy with it, man. And so, okay, so you built this job and, and how did you get out of that? And, and what have you transitioned into? So it was actually really scary, man, because, you know, the money side, the money was really, really good. And it, we just literally looked at ourselves and just kind of, you know, took that big gulp and swallowed hard and said, you know what, it's, it's getting ready to be the beginning of a new year. 
let's uh, let's just build a new website. And we had the skills, so we said we're going to put up a brand new website. We're going to rebrand. Um, and the cool thing is a lot of the clients that we had were in a lot of the spaces. Robin and I have had the chance to work with most of the big names in the coaching, consulting, information space. So it kind of lent itself to referrals and things along those lines. So we fired all the done-for-you clients coming into 2013. And then we hit it down just simply doing consulting, coaching, uh, like strategic design. So actually working with clients to develop as opposed to doing all of the things for them, which was just a, a time sucker for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and so 2013 into even it through even now, like that's the main thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And then last year, you know, being um, online marketing junkies, you know, my wife and I, we're just in everything marketing just drives us. We're so enthralled in it. We love everything about it. We study it constantly. We decided last year to dip our hands into a very foreign kind of a thing for us and move from the coaching, consulting information into actual physical product type businesses. And we did it as kind of a, we're very competitive, both my wife and I. And so Mm -hmm. we said, let's, let's challenge ourselves. Let's see if, you know, we can apply our skills to something that we've never done before. And the first thing that we did completely flopped. We spent thousands of dollars, put this site together, threw up all these different products, and there was T-shirts and designs. And we even built a Facebook community of about 25,000 people, but nobody bought our stuff. Mm. And so we looked at each other. And again, here's one of those opportunities where doubts and you know that inner liar tries to rise up and convince you, oh, that was a bad idea. You guys can't do it. It's dumb. And so we wanted to kind of throw the towel in, but we didn't. And we kept pressing through. And towards the end of 15, we kind of hit oil. And we had created an e-commerce brand that went from about $900 a month to over $80,000 a month within less than 60 days. Wow. And so from there, coming into 16, we took that and we duplicated it. And we've got probably three or four stores uh, that are up, that are running, um, that are doing very, very well. We'll definitely do over the seven-figure mark this year in in the e-commerce and among other things that we're doing. And it, the, the cool thing is, as we look back, is it's a lot of fun and everything is really, really leveraged. So not only are we making the money that we want to be making in our business, but it also affords us the freedom, which for my wife and I is really, really important. I have a five-year-old son and an almost two-year-old daughter, and we get to spend as much time with them as we want to. We get to be those parents that are there, that are involved, that can take them to the park, which that was always kind of one of the big drivers for us. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're you're going into this commerce space, though. So now you're dealing with physical products. Now, hasn't that added another layer of complexity to your to your business versus being all digital and sort of chopped into the lifestyle a bit? Or have you found a way around that? Yeah, we have. Um, you know, initially, um, you know, my wife and I kind of everything we do in business, and and this is something really good for the folks to take away. Um, we always start really, really small. So if we get an idea, we always start with a very small kind of minute version of that idea before we invest tons of stuff into it, right? We, we, we want to kind of start small, prove the concept, and get it out there. And so with the physical product thing, we were literally initially doing all the order fulfillments and getting things out there until it started getting big. And then it became very, very easy to bring on some help, train them, and have folks go in it. So at this point, we are very, very hands-off. It pretty much is a very well-oiled machine that runs for itself. My involvement 
is pretty much just from the marketing side. So whether I'm writing emails, which is a thing I love to do anyway. So if it's writing emails or tweaking or creating new Facebook ads, that's pretty much all my involvement. And that portion of it is pretty much as much of it as I want it to be. So if I want to spend more time, I can. Mm -hmm. If I want to go on vacation, which is cool, we actually had a realization. We just went back to Michigan this past Christmas, and we visited some of the places that we were at last time that were very different. And we found, wow, this time being here three years later is way different than the last uh-huh. time. We didn't have we didn't have to be on the internet if we didn't want to be, if we wanted to, cool. But the business ran, everything functioned, money was being made, profits were still continuing to flow, whether her and I were shooting down the bottom of that mountain, getting stuck in the snow or not. <laughs> Ideal. That, and that 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 is truly a, a lifestyle business. And you know, that's I've had this conversation a few times, I think, over the last last few months, actually, with with different entrepreneurs on the show, and and just really pointing out to people what a lifestyle business is, because you know there's this misconception, and it's driven by a lot of these internet marketers that lifestyle yeah. businesses is driving the Ferraris and you know living the <laughs> living the Hollywood lifestyle, yeah, and, for sure. and and you know balling, and and that's that's just not that's not what it is. It's about having freedom and a freedom to 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 do what you want to spend the time with your kids freedom whatever it is you want to do and and building a business around that i love how you think and uh you know such a powerful message for people that are listening here is if you're in that process of creating your business or maybe you have a business that's not giving you freedom maybe it's giving you income but not freedom asking yourself what do i want my life to look like creating the why as you said and building a business to support that which is just so important it definitely is. And a lot of times we find clients, you know, a lot of clients that we work with will come to us in a very similar spot that Robin and I were in that, that you know, that Michigan winter of, you know, being slaves to the business. And they come to us in that spot. And that's always where we like to start. And, you know, for everybody listening, you know, I, I like that you brought up the whole Ferraris and the yachts and all this, you know, internet marketer stuff is, you know, people sometimes get really discouraged when they see these things online and they feel like, Wow, if I'm not generating $1.2 million a month, then I'm a loser and things are not working and I just need to quit. It must not have been for me. But, you know, one of the things is I saw this quote the other day and I really like it. And it kind of speaks well to the just the world that social media has created. And and it goes, never compare your blooper reel to somebody else's highlight reel. Right. And that's, you know, it's funny, right? It's funny because it, that's Facebook. Like, yeah. that's what we see. Like, you know, we're on there. Like, you only see the highlights. Like, who puts up on there, you know, yo, struggling today. I couldn't pay my power. Or, I'm, you know, you don't even know. You see the guy with a Ferrari, but Lord knows how much debt he got in to get the Ferrari. Like, you don't see those things, yeah. you know. And so we only see kind of the highlights. And then we compare our blooper reel to their highlight reel. And it discourages people. And I think. One of the things that has really contributed to my wife and I being successful and our clients, you know, most clients that work with us work with us for longer than a year, two years. They just they generally stay with us. And I think one of the things that really contributes to that is our devotion to just being real and genuine. Like if we yes. struggle, like I shared, you know, hey, everything we do does not turn into success. I would probably say only probably 20 to 30% of the things we put our hand into or get involved in turn into successful things. But the thing is, 
is you have to keep pressing forward and you have to keep trying and executing and implementing and getting things going and not be discouraged or dissuaded when you see the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, yeah, totally agree. Now, uh, let's shift a little and let's dig into that because, you know, I, I want to hear from you. What do you think, as somebody starting out as an entrepreneur, I mean, you're the guy that, you know, you've overcome adversity, you walk out after 10 years, and you hardly, God, it's like a new world for you. And, and you've gone from that over six years to creating multiple successful businesses. If you had to drill down and say, okay, here's, here's the key mindsets that have really contributed to my success, what would you, what would you pinpoint there? I think one of the number one things for for me, and I think that's helped both my wife and I, is, you know, when I walked into prison, I didn't know what I was going to be doing in life. I didn't know what opportunities would present themselves. I didn't know what I was going to be doing for a job or a business. That there was one thing that I did know that I wanted, no matter what, and it's been the one thing that has guided and governed everything that my wife Robin and I have done, and that is freedom. We knew that above all, more than money, more than nice houses and fancy cars or any of those things or successful businesses even, we wanted freedom. And so for everybody listening, I would say before you get into trying to start a business or, or you know go down and follow the latest shiny business model or whatnot, ask yourself, what do you want? Why are you doing the thing that you're doing? Why do you want to start this business? Because that thing is going to be the thing that guides you. And, and I, I like, again, uh, there's a really cool quote around this, and I'm sure you've heard this, is if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Mm-hmm. So know where you're going because it allows you to filter out good opportunities from bad opportunities. Throughout the six, almost seven years of us being in the entrepreneurial world, there have been so many opportunities that presented themselves to us. It's so many things that we could have done or went after or chased after that we could very, very quickly say yes or no to them because we could quickly analyze them through the filter of, is this going to get us closer or further to the freedom we want? And Mm -hmm. I would say for everybody listening, develop that filter. And you have to know for you, it could be, you know, a million different things. You know, for us, it was freedom. And so you really need to know what that is and why, and let that be the thing that guides and governs you. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one thing I want to throw in there too, and this is, this is a big one, especially for, I think some of the younger people coming up to listen to the show is, is, is your why is not money. Money, money is just, money is purely a mechanism to, uh, to, to, open doors to give you freedom, whatever your freedom looks like. So your why isn't to be rich. That, that's not a good why and it's not compelling. So, so okay, so now let's, let's move from mindset and, and now let's talk about some specific skills as an entrepreneur, and spe- specifically a digital entrepreneur. Now, you said you went back to school and you got a, uh, a bachelor's degree in, in e-commerce and stuff like that, but I also heard you uh, mention that you, you, know, you studied a lot of the direct marketing greats and, and, and learned from a lot of those people. And so if you had to pinpoint it for people starting out, what, are the, what do you think the most important skills that you acquired are to be successful online? Definitely. So, well, first, let, let me touch on the, the, the degree thing. Um, the degree has served me about zero <laughs> in the business world, right? Like, yep. it was uh, it was more a personal goal. I was actually the first one in my entire family to get a college degree, and that was the only motivation for me to just kind of do it, like a personal goal. It hasn't done me very well um, yeah. in business, but the skills, right? Like, and, and the the skills that are most important 
um, I think for anybody to have success is sales and marketing. And I'll break that down a little bit further. Um, you know, the beautiful thing for folks to realize is that we live in a world now with social media, with Facebook, with the internet, that you can literally start a million dollar business. And we won't, you know, the money side is not the important, but it's, it's from your kitchen table in your pajamas. And the thing that makes it most powerful is is Facebook. I, for us, Facebook is probably our number one source of leads in anything that we do, whether it's info products, physical products, any of those kind of things. And so for the folks listening, I think the number one skill to really hone and understand is how to utilize Facebook marketing and Facebook ads. Really? Hey, so so right now you don't pay any attention to, to search or to any of those other mechanisms. You're 100% Facebook. 100% Facebook. Now, again, I do, and here's, and I'll, and I'll tie this in where this really hones in and where the skill um, would really be for people is focus on one thing. And for us, it's Facebook. I, and I yeah. would, you know, I, I would say if, if somebody were coaching with me, I'd say start with Facebook before you look at any of the others because it's the biggest, it's the easiest to master. It's going to provide you the fastest return. But what I find a lot of folks do is they start with one and then, oh, Periscope's hot. Let's blab. Let's let's tweet. Let's Pinterest. Let's this. And they get themselves so scattered yeah. in all of these different platforms that, yes, they could be successful. Yes, they work. I do have involvement with Pinterest ads. I do do Twitter ads. I do some of these things. But my number one focus was mastering one of those first, getting results, getting returns in one of those. And for us, it was Facebook first before I ever decided to even think about going after Instagram or Pinterest or any of these things. And the thing for people is, the people that are listening is it's very easy because you you know especially with social media you see people talking about you know the latest you know periscope's the hottest thing or you know yeah. like blab all of these you know facebook live is the hottest thing you need to be on there 24/7 people should be watching every moment of your life and if you're not doing it then you're not going to be successful don't believe the hype don't get caught up following after these things. Focus on one, become good at it, get results. And then if you want to add another into the mix or add another into the mix, then you can go there. But the skill to develop is, is kind of like social media thick skin, I would say. You know, don't don't let the pressures of, you know, all the shiny objects get you where you're so deluded and trying to do all of these things that you can't have success in even one of them. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's so key, and and such a downfall of entrepreneurs is, and all entrepreneurs are like this. You know, we see opportunities, we don't want to miss out on the opportunity, right? It's, so, it's yeah, you, it's that ADHD. We all got totally, ADHD, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And it, it's the ability to say no, and uh, and really focus on on one or two things. And I think your approach is right. You're focusing on where the biggest audience is, and it's more, it's more mature, and you know. Uh, I, I love that philosophy. Now, now, one more question for you before we start to wrap up, and that is how do you come up with your business ideas? Because you're doing all these different business ideas. Where do you get your business ideas from? That's really funny, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had like a, a formula for you on this one because it's kind of like, you know, uh, when it comes to like marketing and, and even the business side of things, a lot of times my wife and I will get ideas for things in our main business or new products by just simply paying attention to life around us. Like we might see a challenge or we might even like in some of our e-commerce businesses, some of our friends like will, in, you know, say something about a product they're so excited about like, wow, this is so awesome. And it kind of gets the wheels turning like, wow, you know, 
if people are liking this, if people are so excited about this, let's see if this can work. And I think for us, one of the things that we kind of gravitate towards is we look for products or services where there's kind of a fanatical fan base already where people are like fanatical around it. They're in love with it. They'll, yeah. you know, almost die for it to have it. Right. Like, and, and, and if you look, think about Apple, right? Like why would somebody spend six days sleeping in a tent in front of Best Buy, <laughs> right? Yeah. To get a phone, to get a phone that's highly overpriced. Now I am an Apple lover, but sit in line, sleeping in a tent, eating hot dogs to get a phone that's way overpriced that they could get in three days from then without waiting and doing it. And that's simply because Apple has created this fan base. And so for us, kind of the smaller guys, look for the opportunities to tap in to where there's an existing audience or an existing fan base or a group of people that are just fanatical around an idea or a topic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I always call that uh, I always call that irrational value, right? You know, when, oh, nice. when you have a have a group of people that are super passionate about something, it's a rational value. And I always use the example of you know my my hobby, my passion. I love I love mountain biking. Okay, so when I'm okay. not not running my digital businesses, I'm out uh, Whistler or mountain biking somewhere. And uh, you know, I always use this as an example in my in, in my talks. Is I'll say to people like you know, here's a picture of my mountain bike. What do you think I spent on this? Right? And people <laughs> look, people look at it like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars. And then I tell them, no, I spent thirteen thousand dollars. And people's jaws just drop, and they're like, "What? Are you stupid? You know, like it's a fr- it doesn't have an engine. What are you doing, right?" <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's the whole point of it's a rational value. It's passion. And when you can find a group of people that are super passionate about something, all all, all the value, you know, the, the rational valuation equation goes out the window. Done. And, it's, and, it's done. It's done. It's done. And I mean, Apple's Apple's nailed that. I mean, I'm looking around my desk right now, and it's it, you know the amount of Apple stuff I have sitting here. I mean, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. And it's expensive. And it is. It, it is, man. And, and, and the cool thing, and this is where it really ties for my wife and I, So, and, and I'll kind of add a little bit of, I guess there is maybe a process, you know, to kind of what we do. We'll start with that, right? So we'll, we'll see, like, this fanatical audience. And, you know, like, uh, as we just helped a client the other day start um, getting into the e-commerce space, and, and we kind of hone the idea to kind of merge an audience. And so what they're doing is it's like gun-related products to Christian people. So it's like this <laughs> fanatic. Like, how much more of a fanatical audience can you get, right? Like, uber fanatical people, right? So where we start with the idea, and then we're like, wow, that really is. The next thing we do is we go and say, can we target these people with our products and services? So where do we go? To big old Facebook. Yeah. And we look and see, is there targeting options to put our products and services? And the thing for everybody to, to really get excited about and I think this is something that really gets me excited is back in the days it used to be Google, you know, pay-per-click should pay for ads and people would search and then your ads would show up. Now with Facebook ads, there's a huge difference. And this is why Facebook is so much more valuable than pay-per-click. And it is because people in a search mode that go to Google, they're already looking for those products or those services. So they're in shopper mode. They're probably comparatively shopping. You know, it's probably going to take them a few days or even weeks to make a decision. They're going to compare. People on Facebook, when you can know that you have a Christian 
gun owner and put a product in front of them that's like a a, a gun holster with a Bible scripture on it in front of them. <laughs> it's almost like dangling a carrot in front of them. And then when you add some marketing genius behind it, the impulsion of them to, to go ahead and buy, they weren't looking, they're just scrolling through their news feed and then bam, this product is there that they're like, oh, I can't live without it. And that is the genius behind why Facebook and Facebook marketing is so powerful for entrepreneurs and businesses today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, okay, so one last question for you. And this this is the question, you know, I, I get this all the time when I do my workshops and events and my members and stuff is, you know, are, are there any good niches left? Aren't they all taken? <laughs> and, and I mean, I know the answer, but I want to hear your answer and, and, and what you tell people. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, two of my most successful stores online are in some of the most competitive markets that there ever could be. One of them is the sports market. I mean, how much competition is there in the sports market? I know other guys that are in the golf market, which I mean, how much competition and they're making, you know, great success at it. So absolutely. That's just kind of one of those things that's just kind of like a just noise in your ear. Oh, there's no niches. There's no, you know, everything's so saturated. That's just that, that's BS. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, now to wrap things up, uh, you know, and I really appreciate you, you your genuine sharing here and uh, and just telling it like it is. Uh, if people want to engage with you, learn more about you, where do they find you? So one of the best places, man, um, my wife and I have a Facebook group. It's called Marketing Megaminds. And so anybody listening can just go to marketingmegaminds.com. And there's a ton of free resources, a lot of things about some of what we're talking about, Facebook ads, you know, growing your business online, some of these kind of things that are available to anyone. And then inside the group, um, really hot, active conversation, entrepreneurs from all levels of the spectrum, just getting started, you know, super successful, just geeking out about all the stuff that we're talking about, marketing, Facebook marketing, all this cool stuff. So it's marketingmegaminds.com. Fantastic. And 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 I want to throw a plug in there because I was on your website, marketingwithpurpose.com, and I found these guys, you guys have some incredible, awesome t-shirts with some incredible marketing slogans and, and stuff in there. So um, if you guys want some awesome t-shirts, uh, entrepreneurial-based kind of slogans and stuff like that, go check out their website at Marketing With Purpose as well. I, 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 oh, as, a, I, as, a, as, as a matter of fact, that specific store is um, it's on a separate site. It's actually beastmodepreneur.com and they could go and there's, there's phone cases, there's pillows, there's t-shirts, there's even stuff for little baby entrepreneurs as well. Oh, seriously? Oh, man, my <laughs> <laughs> that's going to cost me even more money now. All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, being here today. I really appreciate uh, the sharing and uh, the, the inspiration that uh, I know people take away from this. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That was Mike Piscata. And as always, any links mentioned in this interview will be included in the show notes, along with the entire transcript of this episode. And uh, you'll find that all at entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't done it already, you can get these automatically delivered to your device on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. And uh, while you're there, make sure you leave me a rating, a review, and uh, 
because that's the stuff that y your feedback is the it's the, the gives me the motivation the momentum to continue to grow this podcast and uh, as always now it's time to apply the final ingredient that's going to make everything you learned here today work for you and that ingredient is action so go forth take action apply what you've learned and stay tuned for more info-packed episodes of the entrepreneur ignited podcast this is your host Derek gale signing off thanks for listening to another info-packed episode of the entrepreneur ignited podcast with Derek gale for links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode go to entrepreneurignited.com slash podcast make sure you never miss another episode subscribe now on itunes or soundcloud